The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet! This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to Day 5! I actually got my whole hand in the picture that time of our North American LCS team-by-team preview podcast series. Uh, We have broken down a a lot of very interesting North American teams. We talked about TSM, Dignitas, Cloud9, and yesterday, Envious. And today, I am joined by my good friend, Walter Cietes Fedchuk, to get us to the halfway mark. Walter, how you doing, man? I'm so excited to talk about this team. I I uh, I'm I feel like everyone's gonna pick this team as a sleeper, but I don't care. I'll hop on that bandwagon because I I think they got a pretty pretty solid team here. Yeah, I I don't even know if they're a sleeper anymore because at this point there are so many things you can point to with this Phoenix One roster, and that is the organization we're talking about today, having risen from the ashes of an 0-9 start to their regular season. Uh, they managed to win five of their next nine series to uh, to get to eighth place. They 3-0'd Echo Fox. They really never looked back after uh, after they finally got all of their visa situations approved of, and Inori got to move into the jungle position. That was a huge uh, moment for them. Obviously, Zig, uh, their top laner, has also stayed with the team. Uh, Fly is their head coach, uh, who did a huge job, I think, of turning... Uh, that team around. Very few coaches can handle going 0-9 and still make what feels like a success, uh, you know, at least a morally successful uh, <laughs> season out of it. Uh, Empyrean is on the roster, but chances are that Ryu, who they grabbed from H2K, is likely to be the starter more often than not. Uh, they also got Arrow from KT Rolster, so they get to pile up on that Korean synergy. And Adrian, the support Ooh. from Immortals... An incredibly talented player um, who's now being paired with uh, another aggressive AD carry, but one that isn't quite as suicidal as Wild Turtle is. So, Walter, <laughs> how do you feel about this offseason for Phoenix One? I, I think this is the second best offseason in the LCS. There you go. This is the second best. I'll say NALCS. I'll say NALCS because I have to remember every single move in the European LCS, and I don't have that in front of me right now. So, yeah, only behind Dignitas. I think this is the best roster uh, roster changes that any any team has done. Um, the addition of Ryu and Arrow, I think, are phenomenal. Really good good carries that can fill specific roles. Um, Arrow, like you said, he's a, aggressive, but he's not as like 
wild as wild turtle. Um, so Adrian doesn't need to put as much of a leash on him. I think this is going to allow Adrian to play a little bit more and show us that he does have an expanded champion pool, uh, play a little bit outside what we have his stereotypical style to be, and really let him prove that he deserves to be up there with, with the top uh, top supports in the uh, in the region. Um, and then Inori, a full split of Inori. He has every marker of a breakout jungler like Dardoch. Yeah. And you know, that's why I say I think this team is a sleeper. I think that people are still going to kind of disregard them because they view, you know, Zig as kind of a weak link and they view Inori still as kind of a weak link just because he hasn't had that really big showing. But let's not forget, this is, they are the one in 17 and 1 for TSM. They are that's the true. one loss. This is the one team that was able to beat them in a best of three series. So I have really high hopes and really high expectations for this team. Uh, especially with the talent that they've been able to add to it. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, it is one of those things where you look at Phoenix One, and and this is what you want to see in a team that struggled in, out of an offseason. You want to see them, you know, identify the problem spots and and fix that. For them, that was the bot lane. They did not feel confident with the bot lane they had last split. Just got rid of them, just, you know, found out, you know, got the best North American support that was on the market, got a great Korean AD carry and was, were willing to pay the money on that. And the other big thing I want to give them credit for is signing Ryu. You know, this is one of those things where when Ryu and Vander got released, people were complaining about, oh, it's late in this, you know, late in the free agency period. All these people have already been signed and this hurts their value. And Phoenix once said, screw that. Ryu is available. We'll sign him. I don't care that we already signed Pyrian earlier this split. We're going to get a guy that has world's experience, just took, you know, helped uh, play on a semifinals team last year. Uh, you know, a guy that has really reinvented himself multiple times throughout his career and now has some veteran leadership to bring to, you know, this Inori and Zig combination of, of younger guys. I, I thought that just across the board, they seem to have a really good understanding of what this team needed to succeed. And, you know, when you pointed out the guy that you're most excited to see whether he's going to succeed or not, that's Inori. Uh, Inori coming uh, middle of the season. Uh, not, you know, pr a perfect player by any means. His 0-5 Olaf, I think, is something that people are going to point to and say that that's a concern. But when you say that he's showing Dardock kinds of tendencies, what are you seeing in the film that gets you so excited about this guy? So he's not afraid to take risks. He's not afraid to go into where there isn't vision. Um, it's usually intelligently too. It's not just like blind. I'm just gonna you know run in here like a bronze player. And you know he he reads the map pretty well. He reads his opposing junglers fairly well. Um, has that aggressive streak. Really likes to gank. Um, I I just don't think Olaf fits him as a champion. Olaf doesn't really fit Dardock as a champion either. Um, they tend to want a little bit more high mechanical champions, high damage champions, and Olaf doesn't have quite as interesting gank paths as things like Lee Sin. Um, I think that the advent of plants are going to be huge boons for Inori and for Dardoch, but we'll get to Dardoch on a later episode of the pod. Um, and will be a boon because it'll allow him to play some other champions, things like Rengar, and come up with even more interesting ganking paths. Um, very innovative in terms of what he likes to do. He's not really against um, like finding different junglers, especially if you like watch a stream or you look at him up on OP.GG. He really likes to try and find different ways to play champions or different champions to try out, um, especially when the new season started. He was very 
you know, on his op.gg, you could see him testing out everything. And I'm sure everyone was testing out everything, but he was he was testing out junglers that I never would want to ever jungle. You know, uh, you know, Diana. I don't think it's competitively viable, but he would be playing her quite a bit. Um, you know, things like that. He's just very willing to try things, and it just reminds me of Dardock after that spring split. In the offseason, he was trying everything. He was really working on his gank pads. He was really working on his mechanics. You know, he'd spam Lee Sin. You know, if he played 20 games, he'd play Lee Sin in 18 of them because he wasn't happy with how he was, you know, hitting his flash kicks or his gank pads or all these other things. So I think he's got that young sort of cocky streak in him and has had it for a while. And this is the first team that he's been on that he's really shown some solid success because he's had some consistent playing time. He tried to play on that Roar squad that didn't quote go very well. He was finally able to break the mold of being like a Rengar one trick with this, you know, spring split so i'm very excited to see him him break out and i think he has all these hallmarks uh, of you know the the tools uh to be a really breakout jungler yeah i agree wholeheartedly you know you talk about ingenuity this is a guy who won with mordekaiser jungle last split yeah like we totally forget that game because it was uh, a win and an, a best of three against immortals which is a series they ended up losing and you know regular season series of teams that you know are already out of the playoffs, don't really get a ton of attention. But Mordekaiser Jungle, I'm just going to re- keep repeating that because I it, it's it's such a strong statement towards why Inori is so exciting to watch. Because, as you said, it, it's that work ethic plus a, a mind that is able to come up with different ways to play the game, both in terms of champion pool, having the depth to be able to adapt to every meta, but also pathing issues you know the guy now is going to have players around him who should theoretically give him much safer paths throughout the jungle you know Mm -hmm. he shouldn't have to worry about having the gank for mid lane because unlike last year where Pyrian was back all of the time and therefore gave no real room for a nice gank Ryu will get in people's faces he will be able to take advantage of that and Arrow and Adrian are obviously a far more aggressive bot lane than anything he played with last split so this gives him two really great targets as far as lanes to gank consistently. And when you have that, you know, suddenly the map opens up for you and you're able to do a lot more than we've seen from him so far. So his ceiling is incredibly exciting. But there's another player here, Walter, who you express some concerns about. And I am concerned as well, yes. because while Inori has a whole bunch of potential, Zig is a guy who has bounced around in the Challengers series for a while now. It feels like we know what he is, and what he is doesn't necessarily match the influx of talent that we have seen in the top lane position in North America. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you for this? It's like a 6, but it's not because we know who he is. I don't think we do know who he is. I think he's hasn't had a chance to really emerge and really show off who he is. I think he's been in some some bad situations. He didn't have his primary jungler um, you know, for the beginning of the split uh, in the summer. It took a while for him and Inori to get on the same page. I think some some champion pool issues are there. I think he's primarily more of like a a bruiser kind of top lane player as opposed to a pure tank. Um He's young, like he's played in the Challenger series, but he doesn't have a ton, a ton of Challenger series experience. Um, so I don't think it's a we know who he is, like he's going to fit in this very rigid box with someone say like Seraph. Um, I think the problem is though is just that at this point in his career, 
I don't think he matches up against the top lane talent that we do have in North America because of the imports, because of Someday, because of Flame, uh, even Haunters, Impact, Looper, Darshan. Like, as we start going down the list, he starts bumping further and further down. And I don't think that's indicative of, like, him. I don't think that he doesn't have a chance to be that type of player. I just think that he hasn't had the chance to show he can be that type of player, be in a really good situation, you know, very solid situation. Arrow and Adrian are going to take a ton of pressure into that bot lane. Rio and Pyrian and, and their synergy with Inori, Pyrian and Inori in particular towards the end of the summer split, that's going to take some pressure off of him. So now if we're taking all this jungler pressure away from the top, that now sets him up in mainly 1v1 scenarios, which again, I don't think he's going to match up against Flamer someday, but now if Inori can get that gank off into the top lane, it may show that on more even footy... He, on more even footing, he might have a chance because no one was afraid of mash and gain. Mm-hmm. Outright, nobody's really going to be afraid of that lane straight up. Which Understatement is, is of, fine. The, of, the, of the day, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's fine. So junglers really put a lot of attention on Zig, and the team tried to make him the primary carry for the majority of the split. I don't think that's his role. I don't think he can be the primary carry. So bring in Ryu, who's a good secondary carry. Having Inori improve, be a good secondary carry. Um, and Arrow, who's going to be the primary carry. That, I think, is going to take a lot of the pressure off of Zig and hopefully open things up for him. I just don't think that's going to be enough. And I think some of his improve- his, his growth is going to be stunted because he's going to get his beat in because he's going to be playing against one of the top three top laners in the world in someday flame who's shown he's very good in lane and you know dardock is willing to gang for him mm-hmm. uh looper is a pretty solid laning like you kind of get my point like yeah just the, the names he's against are frustrating yeah it's difficult and honestly i'm going to disagree with you on one point which is the you know do we know who he is well He's been playing since 2012. Uh, number Here are all of the teams that he has played on since 2012. Uh, so I'm not including anything from before that point. Uh, Just Your Average Joes, Monomaniac, Team Dynamic, Pulse Esports, Dignitas, Nexus Gaming, Team Curse, Team Lolpro, uh, Team Liquid, while well, playing for the Liquid Academy for a long time, but he was also a sub for the main team. Uh, and then Phoenix won now. He's played on a lot of teams for a long time across many metas. He's never been better than he was last split. I, I think he's peaked. And I know that sounds, you know, unfair to say because it was his first split in the, in the LCS for a significant period of time, but he has been around. He has been an option. And the guy did not look particularly great during a lot of that challenger stint. And he did not look particularly great last split. If you just look at, at, at the sheer numbers... You know, his Shen was great, but the drop-off after that was pretty rough. You know, there wasn't a single other champion with more than two games played in which he had a KDA higher than 2.4. Um, that's not ideal. It's it's really something that he's going to have to prove that there's a lot more diversity than he's shown at any point in his career. But I think you do make a very good point in that there's going to be a lot of attention drawn away from him that teams were able to focus on him last split. Uh, Mashmi is not a very good AD carry. This is the first time in a long time we're not going to have to watch him in the LCS, which makes me happy as an individual, but also just you know means that with so much more attention being drawn to the bot lane and the mid lane, he's going to be in the best position ever to succeed 
I just think we've seen what success looks like for him already, and I'm not convinced that's going to be enough. But there's there's one other factor I think that's going to determine this just a little bit more. And these are, you know, adjusting to these new Koreans. Because obviously they played with Pyrian before. Uh, had Pyrian remained their starting mid laner, uh, we wouldn't necessarily have as many questions. Adapting Ryu to the lineup would be, you know, pretty easy to do. But now you have two different players coming in, one of which has, you know, gotten used to these European traits now and is now having to get used to North America. Another one coming straight from Korea. Walter, are you concerned at all with how these players are going to mesh, or do you think that this will be a pretty smooth transition given, you know, the experience Fly has with these kinds of things? So I think it is it is going to be kind of a smooth transition. Like you said, Ryu's been in Europe. He has decent English from, from what I've heard, from what people have told me. Um, my issue with him is more how quickly does he pair up with Inori? How well do they play together? Because, you know, we keep saying the end of the summer split, the end of the summer split, Phoenix One did, you know, ri like, they weren't perfect in the, the end of the summer split. They still lost some series, but they were definitely way more competitive. Mm -hmm. They did take a game off of Immortals. They took that series off of TSM. They were way more competitive in the back half of the split than as opposed to the first half of the split. And during that time, Inori and Pyrian had really, really good synergy. They read well. They read each other very well. They were always there to back each other up. They were, they were Bash Brothers. They were, you know, two peas in a pot. The change to Ryu does worry me slightly in that regard, but he did show that type of synergy with Yonkos. Good follow-up, you know, following him in the enemy jungle, making sure he's well-warded, calling for ganks, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. um, Adrian and Arrow worries me slightly because it is kind of a change for Adrian. He does not have to be this pure bodyguard anymore. He can go and roam some. He can kind of expand his play style. And finding the right mesh between bot laners is always a challenge. We saw with Doublelift and Yellowstar in this, the past spring. You know, just because you have two really good players doesn't necessarily mean they're going to work out. Mm -hmm. um, so if those things do happen, though, especially the bot lane, which is where my primary concern from that is, Arrow is probably the best AD carry in North America without seeing him play against the other AD carries. Mm -hmm. Just looking at it, I'm pretty confident in saying that. I don't think that really mechanically anyone quite matches up to him except maybe Piglet in just terms of pure mechanics. Mm -hmm. And he was a smart enough player, always played intelligent, had really, really good spacing on, on uh, KT. Mm -hmm. Adrian, we've been talking about top two support in North America for a better part of a year now. Mm -hmm. So if those two match up together, you have an emerging talent in Inori that's in that, that jungle position that I think could possibly break out and be the next Dardoch, the next good North American jungler. Um, you have Ryu and Pyrian, who Ryu, like you said, coming off a great season, coming off a great split, play, going to the world semifinals. Pyrian, who has already shown that he has synergy with this young jungler. Um, I think those will be enough to hold up some of the deficiency that Zig has, but it really is going to be, if those two groups can't sync up and can't mesh up, they're going to have problems early on. And, you know, if we're getting to week seven and we're still seeing Arrow and Adrian struggle together, I mean, you're not going to be successful if your players aren't playing well together. Yeah, I think uh, playing well is usually a prerequisite towards success. I think most people would agree with Sometimes. You on that. Yeah, y usually. I mean, tell that to the Texans this year. But, you know, <laughs> I, shots, I have to fire them in before Brutally. these playoffs get in. So Brutally. it's, uh, look, I am, I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I made a little bit 
more at ease by the fact that they've signed Fly to be their coach. I thought that was an inspired signing as far as head coaches go. Um, obviously, there are a lot of people who could point to LMQ and Team Impulse and say like, oh man, you know, that was some sketchy teams to be a part of, but that wasn't his fault. That was a management problem and never being given enough talent. And what he was able to accomplish with Royal Never Give Up when they did have talent is incredibly impressive. And the guy, because he has a history of being a Korean coach who worked in other regions, he has experience getting players adjusted to new environments and helping them bridge language barriers. It's obviously not quite the same. It's not a one-to-one comparison because China and North America are obviously very different in terms of getting players to adjust. But certainly, if any coach has the skill set you would want to make this transition easier for Arrow, it would be him. And and Ryu certainly is going to act as a veteran, someone who's already proven that he can adjust to a new environment. Um, I Personally, I'm very excited to hear uh, where you think this team's going to end up because I think... There are a lot of different numbers that are going to be thrown around over the next few weeks. And I don't, you know, I, I, I can both argue myself into and out of just about seven or eight different spots. So where do you put them, Walter? I'm going to put them as a top five team. Hmm. I believe they're going to end up being a top five team. Um, I think that it's going to be incredibly tight at the top two. You know, despite the fact that Phoenix won, despite the fact that, uh, Dignitas have made some like massive, massive import improvements. Mm-hmm. Um, there are still some of the old guard that I think are still strong teams. As much as I bemoan Wild Turtle, TSM, mm-hmm. you still have the best player in North America in Bjergsen. Maybe someday we'll challenge that. We'll see. Um, but I think there's a, still a strong roster. Um, we haven't talked about you know teams like Immortals. We haven't talked about CLG yet. Cloud9, again, they could surprise us. They seem to always be you know top three in the in North America. Uh, I definitely say top five, though. End of the season, they're making the playoffs. They're, uh, you know, very easily could make it to the semifinals, depending on what their first round matchup is. If we see, you know, one of these other teams fall back a little and they have to play against someone like Dignitas in the first round, then things can get very dicey. But honestly, if things break right, I think this team could be a dark horse to get into the finals. This is, and I know that's a little like, I think that if it breaks right, that they match up pretty well against everyone. Like I said, you know, if Nori really breaks through here and becomes the next Dardock, you're really pairing him with two really, really strong lanes as long as everything meshes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Zig, I think there's a chance for him to improve, especially if his jungler improves exponentially. Mm. I, I gotta say, I feel crazy because I don't think that's crazy. And, <laughs> and the fact that it's not crazy is absolutely crazy. If you guys can follow that at home. (laughs) Uh, Look, I like this team quite a bit. My instinct is to put them top four. That's kind of where my heart's leading me, just because I love the Arrow-Adrian combination. I think Adrian is is, is the perfect person for Adrian to lane with, just in terms of, hey, turns out you can be aggressive and know how to position in teams. Right? It's going to blow Adrian's mind. He has no idea that AD carries can do both of those things. He he spent his entire career with it being one or the other. I think Ryu is so consistent. I think it opens Inori up. You know, obviously, Zig is a concern. I'm more concerned about Zig than you are. I just, as a, as a general rule, when we have new teams roll around and all of this new talent gets poured in, you have to look at, well, what's reliable? Well, TSM is reliably good. CLG is reliably good. Cloud9 is reliably good. Everyone else we're looking at in that next spot has 
very clear strengths and very clear weaknesses. And I think whether it's you're talking Phoenix One, Dignitas, or Immortals, I think you can make a very good case for any one of them being, you know, the four seed. And I think you can make a case for any one of them being a, a six seed. And that, you know, doesn't even take into consideration, uh, I think, the team we're going to talk about next time around that is very mad at us right now. There's a fan base who's listening to all the names I rattled off and saying, what about me? Well, come back next Monday. Uh, we're going to take the weekend off, but we will be back on Monday to talk about that. Uh, you can also, of course, talk to us on social media at any time. I'm at King on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? Yeah, you guys can uh, you guys can hear me praise my love for this organ for this team. I won't say the organization yet because he's still responsible for every bad Adam Sandler movie ever, <laughs> which is all but like two. Yeah. So you guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. There you go. And whether you want to talk about League of Legends or bad Adam Sandler movies, feel free to hit us up. Otherwise, come back next week on Monday when we're going to talk about a team that we're not quite solid on where they're going to finish up, but uh, they're hoping to reign over the rest of the competition. So until then, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show, or eight bucks a month, gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com backslash esports rough drafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.